Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where we are awakening you to your greatest version of yourself through empowering conversations. And I'm here with my my man, uh, David Wardy. He's holding it down in El Paso. How are you? How are you, brother? I'm good, man. Times are times are crazy still, as we as we like to talk every week. But I think the craziness is coming to an end very soon. I sure hope so, man. So it looks like there's about to be a swing back, I think. So yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, in different parts of the world, there's there's just d- different sort of versions of the same thing going on. And uh, and meanwhile, our guest is down in uh, Nic- uh, Argentina. I was about to say uh, Nicaragua. That's where that's where I want to be right now. Um, and we've had Ben Page on our Health United podcast, and and Ben is a chiropractor. He's a, he's a farmer. Uh, we got to dive into an incredible story of how he got into playing with the dirt, like like the name of his book. And he's educating people from all over the world on how to start to implement some really incredible and important farming practices to get back into nature and to start to really attune yourself to what it takes to heal the body through connecting to, to mother nature and connecting to the planting and connecting to the garden and connecting to the outdoors and um, it was such a fun conversation last time on Health Ignited. Uh, so if you if you want to get a little bit more of the bio and more of the backstory, definitely check that out. Uh, but Ben, thank you so much for joining us on the Doctor Dads. No, it's my pleasure. I love having these conversations. I love it. Yeah, well, you know, just for maybe some of David's sake, and uh, for for those that haven't heard before, could you give us a little, little Cole's notes of how you got down to Argentina? And, uh, you know, there, there was a marriage in there and there's a, you know, reconnecting to your roots, but I think it is helpful just to give a little bit of context of what brings you or what brought you to that part of the world. Yeah. I mean, my mom is Argentine, so that's kind of where it all, it all starts right there. My mom was Argentine. She went to the States in the late seventies and started life out there, but we've always had family here. We've always had family here and we'd come and we'd visit and and once I came down with my my grandma one time and my mom's cousin introduced me to my wife. <laughs> so we got married and well, through that whole process, it wasn't just that fast. But then we lived in the States for quite a while and then we, we decided to try out uh, chiropractic here in Argentina because there's very few chiropractors in Argentina. Doctors of chiropractic, there's, there was four, but now there's only three because one left and went to Ecuador. So now it's just three of us, me and Rosario, one in Buenos Aires, an Argentine in Buenos Aires, and an Argentine in in uh, Cordoba. I see I'm the only, uh, that I know of, I'm the only American chiropractor left in Argentina <laughs> at the moment. Wow. But yeah, that's that's kind of how it is. I mean, we just, I just, I, Argentine has kind of always been in our blood. So I'm, well, I'm half Argentine. I've always, I really loved the the, the Argentine culture and the way people just get together and just enjoy each other's presence. That's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic has changed that. And a lot of people had to kind of close off for a while, mm-hmm. but, but I just, I loved Argentine culture. So we're down here and, and we're in, we're trying to in, enjoy what life has to offer and it's got its ups and its downs, like, like everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just before we're getting on, you're like, I don't know if the internet's going to, Gonna sustain itself, but I mean, your sound it sounds clear, and and so we're so grateful that you're here, and thanks for sharing that story. I'm curious, like, what's the chiropractic like culture down there? You know, there's only a few of you guys. Um, are are people fairly familiar with it? I mean, it, there's this whole you know, maybe talk about some of the the lineage of medicine that comes out of Argentine, uh, Argentina, and and how that connects to the roots of uh, chiropractic. In Argentina, they they have kinesiologists that kind of do a post grad work. So they go out and they, it's a two-year program every weekend where they, they learn chiropractic philosophy, two or three techniques, and a little bit of chiropractic history. And that's basically, and then they come back and they put chiropractic on their, on their, on their, on their name and they start treating people as chiropractors. But um, 
the chiropractic doctors of chiropractic like i said there's very very few that's actually not even really known under medical law yet so here it's all cash i mean we don't even worry about insurances and which is one of the reasons i wanted to wanted to try it out because i hated working with insurances <laughs> but chiropractic here it's it's very new it's it's very new most people don't know it like in the states the majority of the people when i worked in the states the majority of people came in knew what it was kind of they, they'd experienced or they they had heard about it before but here it's it's almost i have to explain what chiropractic is to every single patient it's 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 instead of like 90 percent knowing it's only 10 percent knowing and i have to explain what chiropractic is to each patient so and that's and it's kind of yeah i like that i like that part about it because it gives me an opportunity to explain what the body is and how it can heal itself and how chiropractic can can help the body heal itself because that's all we're doing we're just helping the body heal itself so do you, do you find that it's it's fairly well well you know well received when you go through some of the uh, philosophy of chiropractic medicine? Do you think do you think people are pretty open and they're looking for it and they um, they just didn't didn't know they were looking for it until they actually heard what you had to say? Here in Argentina, it's all word it's all word it's all by word of mouth. I mean, I don't it's how it is. So I'll treat somebody, and if it were and most I would say almost everybody feels better. So they just start they just start telling other people, but. Um, at the same time, most people, like I imagine, I imagine still in the States, um, it's once people, even though you try to explain the importance of, of what health is and not symptom relief, most people, once they feel symptom free, <laughs> they'll mm -hmm. think they're better. Even though you explain it from day one, that doesn't mean you're better usually. And, and it's, and it seems to happen here too. I mean, I would probably say the retention rate of patients here is, it, it is higher than the States. I remember, uh, maybe 40 to 50% retention. So it's not, it's better, but it's still a lot of people. Once they feel better, like, all right, thanks for your help. And then I'll see them six to seven months later. <laughs> well, I'd love for you to sort of share, you know, uh, some of the chiropractic philosophy that you really brought into, uh, gardening and, and, you know, really reconnecting to, to, uh, mother nature and, and helping to, you know, get the soil healthy and just like you get the body healthy. And if you kind of tie some of that philosophy together, that'd be brilliant. I mean, what nature to me is the, probably one of the best teachers we have out there. I mean, nature, um, if we allow her, will pretty much teach us anything that we need to know about health and well ancestral living too. I mean, how our ancestors lived and how they lived with nature, uh, starting just with, the four seasons we have we have winter we have spring we have summer and we have fall most people don't realize it but they're only living in winter and summer they never have that warm up to they never have that warm up to summer they never have the rest down to winter and i try and help people understand the importance of living four seasons every day um, it's not just waking up and running to work no it's waking up getting prepared for a day's full of work where we produce more than we consume and then getting ready to rest, having an autumn, a winter, a spring and a summer every single day of your life. It's, it's, and chiropractic is, well, the body heals from the inside out. We have to be patient. Nature also teaches us to be patient. You will never see nature rushed to do anything, but at the same time, nature will always get what it wants through time and through patience. So a lot of times people want a fix right here and right now. But if you, if you understand the body and understand how important it is to give it time to heal, especially depending, well, depending on the amount of, the amount of stresses we have in our daily life, it, it will take longer. But if we allow our bodies to truly heal by changing certain lifestyles, um, life becomes a lot more simple, a lot less Less, lot less symptoms. It, the, your life just becomes a lot more simple. So, I try to help people understand that life lessons can be taught through nature and the garden. And the garden is only our little edge of nature. It's our opportunity to work with nature. Um, and I think we should all be working with nature. We all we should all have that small part. Uh, in, in my personal life, I love the garden. I, I it's something that that has been as we talked before, therapeutic help too, not just, not just the new, not, not just the food, but it's helped me internally and emotionally and, uh, in, in all sorts of ways. But 
it's funny how my evolution of what health is has been evolving too. I love the garden, but I eat less and less vegetables. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's something that I do now more for the, for the mental benefit and for the, and for the physical benefit of movement, of movement and getting in the dirt and understanding that the dirt is, is very therapeutic than it is for the, the whole eating. I, I, I give a lot of my food away. I mean, a lot of what I grow is actually given away. I just took out the last part of our Swiss chart and, and I forgot to give it away. So I ended up having to boil it all and store it into the freezer. But usually I'll, I'll give that stuff away. I just finished planting a new bed and, and I'm starting, I'm trying something new this year. Uh, just because of what I'm learning, I'm, uh, I'm actually, I've never really planted a lot of lemons. I mean, not lemons, melons, like cantaloupes and honeydews and, and, and watermelons. And I've never really planted much of those. I did like butternut squash. And I do like squashes and we do plant those. But And I planted a lot more of that this year. And I'm planting a lot more cucumbers, honeydews, cantaloupes, and, and, and watermelons due to the fact that as I, as, I, as I evolve, as I become, as I learn more and more about who we are, um, those are the more healthy vegetables for the for the human body and so i'm starting to so i grow less i still grow a lot of lettuce because we do eat my wife loves lettuce and i do like lettuce and usually when i do cook meat i usually have a lettuce on the side but it's a lot less leafy crops um less tomatoes last year i had i had 22 tomato plants this year i only have uh seven i mean so big time big time reduction less pepper plants um I still grow a lot of potatoes because I like potatoes, but, but it, I mean, I, it, I'm evolving too in, in, in what, who I am as a garden, how I work with nature. And, and I think that's what we all should do. I mean, we, so I, I can give you some ideas. I can give you some, some suggestions. I can let you know what I believe would be the best for you, but then you have to go and tweak it. And especially how, and especially looking at who you are and where, where you come from at where your ancestors come from, you're going to tweak it more towards that, but I can give you some pointers and I can help and I can guide you. I mean, more, I'm just, I'm more of anything. I'm just a, a guide. There's a quote out there that says that the draw, the, the job of the doctor is to entertain the patient while he heals himself. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help the patient heal himself as soon as possible through, through guiding him and, and, and using nature as an example. Love that. Go ahead, David. Well, no, I, I was just thinking as you were talking about seasons earlier and how this kind of plays into this chiropractic philosophy. I mean, we were talking about, for example, that retention rate you see in some of your patients down there and how a lot of people use pain, right, as that indicator of whether or not they need to be treated. But there are seasons of care for chiropractic, right? Just like there's seasons in the garden. You know, I wanted to just mention that because a lot of people come in when they're when they're in pain for example and this is this initial you know pain type some people call it pain or acute care and then we move into the more of the corrective care and then you move on to the wellness care and it's funny hearing this journey that you've had with gardening where i think there's some similarities probably there when you first kind of start getting your hands in the dirt and you're reintroducing yourself making that connection with nature more regularly uh, and then it kind of evolves right i mean how long have you been doing this stuff and i'm, and I'm sure that evolution it's pretty awesome with where you're at now compared to when you started with all this stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the never stop growing, never stop learning. I mean, that's, it's something that it's, I love, I love learning. I love progressing. I love moving forward. And it's something that, that keeps me going. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've evolved so much from what I, I mean, going through chiropractic college, I remember um, get, getting a lot of great information. I mean, a lot of it I don't use today, I'll tell you the truth, <laughs> but we had to, we had to learn it to kind of get, to kind of jump through the loop and learn all the anatomy and physiology and the pathology and, and all that great stuff. I mean, and, but I look back and it's like, wow, it's so much more simple health really is so much more simple and if we and, and that that's what i've been trying to do in the last 10 years is just simplify health and, and, and what i found is nature makes it so simple i mean if we do a couple of things in alignment with with nature working with her health becomes so simple and then i use then i use just then i for the for the whole mental well-being i use i use dr miguel ruiz's work that just makes 
mental well-being is so simple too. And if we can combine these things and evolve them, and then of course tweak them for each person, because we have you have to tweak everything. And it, that's I think that's one of the main reasons why I continue to do this because it's different every single time. There's not one person that I can tell them to do the exact same thing and they're going to get the same results as, as as another person. It's different every time. That's what makes it so beautiful. It's it, I can I can tell you this, but then we're going to tweak it and as we move along, we'll see what works better for you and what works better for this person. And then what works better for me also? Yeah. I mean, the evolution of who we become is, it should be never ending. We should always be progressing and try to become as best as we possibly can. I love this dialogue around seasons and just, you know, the, the different, um, you know, medicine for the moment and, you know, the different vegetables at the different times of year. And, you know, the, you know, and I love how you sort of summarize that too, David, just, just, uh, you know, acute care to, to maintenance, to wellness and, um, everything is an evolution and it, and it sort of folds in and on itself and we kind of come back to the basics. And like you said, uh, Ben, just, you know, realizing you learned all this stuff, amazing stuff in chiropractic college. And then really, as you grow through this, you know, intense amount of workload and information and you start making all these connections between different, you know, philosophies and whatnot. And then you start to realize like, how do we just simplify? And I, I love that because, I mean, I, I found that in my own practice as well is that, you know, when you really anchor into the philosophies and you start to step back and watch nature take its course with a, you know, healing a crisis for an individual or someone just waking up to their, their greatness and, and, you know, diving into all the things that make them excited in life and, and watch sort of these problems that were so big before just sort of disappear because their, their focus is on their healing instead of on their problems. And I mean, it's just constant evolution towards, um, you know, something that maybe wasn't fully realized before. And, and so, yeah, I love this conversation. So let's talk, let's take it, let's take that and let's talk about the simplicity of, of, um, you know, reconnecting to nature. So what, is, what does that mean for, for an individual, um, you know, in the modern world? Like, how do we start to, you know, appreciate this connection that, that's obviously been, been lost or severed or, or disconnected? Yeah, first step is take your shoes and socks off. Take your shoes and socks off and plant your feet in the dirt, plant your feet in the grass. Uh, it's, I mean, we were, we were made to be touching the earth. Um, we, we, there's, there's reasons why we need to touch the earth. Um, but most people have shoes with a sole of, that's rubber that doesn't allow us to experience what earth is. And, and even worse nowadays, most people live in buildings that are two or three or four or five stories up in the air. They're, they're, we have never been so far away from the earth ever in, 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 in our, since we've been here on, on, on the planet, we've never been so far away. We've seen, I mean, our ancestors, they, they not only walked bare feet, but they slept on the ground. And if they had to walk with anything, it was usually with just some type of a skin or, or a leather from an animal that was wrapped around their feet. And that allowed those electrons to pass through and they were still able to get that, that, that healing effect of what the electron does because the earth has a negative charge. It's naturally negative. And as imagine the majority of people probably on this podcast know that that, that the free radical i mean it's just it's just a molecule that's looking for that electron it needs that electron and it, it it will it will it will injure healthy tissue to get that and that, and that just causes it causes a cycle of more and more and more inflammation so how did our ancestors decrease inflammation of course they had less stresses so they had less inflammation than we do but the way that they naturally decreased the, the natural inflammation of just living life was touching the ground. Our feet for every inch squared has about 1300 receptors for these electrons and these electrons enter our body and they go up and they, they naturally uh, neutralize all these free radicals and the inflammation. It's just goes away because they're not. So it's, it's the, it's a natural way to decrease global inflammation from just our normal daily activities of course, today we're, we're more stressed than our ancestors were because we decide to be through the way we decide to live our lives. So being barefoot as much as you can and just being in nature. Another thing is being outside and letting the sun's rays actually penetrate your skin. For some odd reason, people think that we need sunscreen. Yeah, we're the farthest from it. I and mean, if, if, if you are sensitive to the sun, I mean, that means you need to be out in the sun a little bit less until your body adapts 
again, adapts well to the sun's rays because we've, we're always inside, so our body adapts to being inside. That's that our body will, our body will only adapt. It will, it, and, it, and if it has to adapt to a stressful situation, it will, so we can survive. That's all it wants to do. It wants to survive another day. So if you don't want to, I mean, if you get burned quickly, we'll go outside for less time until your body adapts. And we need to experience as much suns, as much rays of the sun and as much of the dirt beneath us as possible. So that would be, that would be step one, the most simple and easiest way to reconnect to nature. Touch her. Go outside bare feet. I recommend being barefoot as much as possible. Here in Argentina, we don't have super cold winters. So I'm barefoot all the time, all the time. In the middle of winter, I'll have my coat on, but I'll be outside barefoot. That's one thing. And it's not only, it's not only that, that, that sensation of, of touching earth, but at the same time, being barefoot is how we maintain the strength and the equilibrium of our ankles and our feet. I mean, the sh that's another thing that has caused the shoes. We can't, we, we've, lost, we've lost the strength of the muscles of the foot because they don't work anymore. And if we don't use them, we lose them. So the majority of people that have flat feet, it's not because they have, it's because, it's because of the way they're, um, it's not, it's, it, the main reason is because the muscles are too weak to hold the arch. So most people can't even push their, their, their big toe into the ground. And a lot less can't even lift up the big toe by themselves. We've lost those neuronal pathways because we just don't use them anymore. So the more we're outside, the more we're barefoot, the, 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 the quicker we'll feel better. And, and that's step one of getting back to nature. And then if, if, we, don't, if we don't use it, we're going to lose it. So the more we're bare feet, the more we're going to be using those muscles. Not that, not just that equilibrium. I mean, in the way we walk, I don't know where I learned it from. And, and it's sad that I don't remember the, who told me this. I should know this, but, but I've been told that we can't even walk biomechanically correct with a shoe on it doesn't matter how expensive the shoe is is the, the moment we put a shoe on we lose the proper gait and we don't have our proper gait we lose it and that's why i recommend to be barefoot as much as possible it, not just for the grounding effect and and, the, and and to decrease inflammation naturally but yet just to just to be who we are meant to be as human beings because we can't we we can't walk naturally we can't walk naturally if we're if, we're, if we have a soul under our feet I love it that you're talking to that doc because I, it's a constant conversation I'm having with my patients. I mean, me and Nick did a podcast on it. We, it's so important. We've done it on the grounding and on just the importance of like walking barefoot and strengthening the plantar vault if you have issues there. And that's a good place to start, you know, if we're having any structural problems. But I love it how you started with something as simple but very powerful, man. I mean, people hear, you know, they I think they hear people talk about grounding and then barefoot walking, like, oh, those are just like simple little things, but they're not. I mean, it's kind of like we were talking earlier about this evolution, right? Like you start with something simple like that, and then you do it long enough, and there's a big evolution that takes place over time. I mean, this is a consistent practice in your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that makes me think about, I just got done writing about persistence and being consistent. And, and I just shared on, on my podcast uh, uh, an experience that I had because I was persistent and consistent in what I did. Um, and it was, it was more, on, it was more on, on, on the emotional side. I have, a, I, have a morning, I have a morning movement routine, we could say, where I wake up and slowly get into the day by moving uh, slow movements, um, st stretching, hip rotation, try to, maintain my, try to maintain the health of my hips as, as best as I can so I can enjoy my years when I grow older, try to maintain them as healthy as possible. And I do things in the morning to help me maintain uh, the, my, my hip flexibility, my hip strength, at the same time, just stretching overall, because it just feels great to, to wake up and be able to do that, uh, stretching my spine more than anything. And, but I started, I started something new about four months ago. I decided, no, three months ago, sorry. I decided to give five to 10 minutes to my inner child. And I said, I'm going to be consistent with this. I'm going to be consistent with this. And I would lay face up either outside in the grass or inside. It depended on the, on, on the weather. But the majority of the time I was just outside face, lying face up in the grass. 
with my hips in a certain position so I can actually use gravity to help me also continue to can to help me with my 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 hip strength and and, and my hip placement and I just let I just listen to him I just I just listen to my inner child I'm, and I'll never forget it's funny how my imagination I don't know why my imagination did this but the first time uh, I, I said hi I saw him it's so crazy. I mean, it'll be different for every person, but but I saw him and, and what my inner child was doing was he was in a room with his back against me in a corner, kneeling down, facing down. And I don't even think I saw his face for the first couple of times I talked to him. But being persistent, being persistent, I did this every day. I would do it five to 10 minutes every day besides Sundays. And he slowly started turning around. He would look at me. He, we got to the point where the, 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 the whole situation would start that he would be sitting now and we'd be looking in the same direction. I mean, the only way I could, the only way I can explain it is I don't know if you guys have ever been to a, um, a, a parade where the kids sit right in front of the street and they're in, and they're waiting for the people to throw the, throw the candy. It was like me and him like that and i remember that and then slowly we started talking more and it, of course i was just listening i just tried to listen as much as i could and then i had really i had an, i had something that was really hard for me happen last friday my 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 grandpa passed away he he lived a, a beautiful life he lived 90 years so he he lived a beautiful life and and and, and he was able to accomplish a lot and he taught me so many things but i will never forget this anymore i mean it was I did what I always do. And the first, and usually I would see him sitting next to me. He, all in my imagination again, but he came and he, the first thing is he gave, gave me a big hug. I mean, and it was so real that I remember tears coming down my eyes. I was like, this is, this is so crazy, but this would have never happened. He would have never been there to give me that hug. And it's so crazy. Has my inner child gave me a hug? Cause that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do to him. I'm trying to give him the hug and give him the, give him all the love that, that he deserves. And, but he gave me this in this, in this moment in my life. And that would have never happened if I wasn't persistent and consistent trying to do it every day, get to know my inner child as best as I can. And when I needed him, I mean, he was, he was up to the task. He, the fright it is, I wish I could explain it better, but I got into that moment and, and, and as I see him and the first thing he did is came from gave me a big hug. I mean, it, it, it felt so real that it made me cry. And, and but that would have never happened if I wasn't persistent. I mean, it, well, it was emotional and it just felt so great to see my inner child decide to give me a hug when I needed it. <laughs> oh, that's, beautiful. that's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing. You know, it's funny as you're, as you're telling me that story, you know, I've had these these synchronicities on just the emotional wellness and even for myself of I kind of been hearing these conversations of it's not so much about the growth and the evolution all the time when we're trying to, to get that that emotional, you know, mental health piece improved over time. It's more about this remembering. And it's funny how you're saying, you know, I was trying to connect with my inner child and you just spend some time there in your imagination and the way you started to see over time. But I think that remembering piece is huge and there's a lot of healing that comes from that. There's a lot of healing because at the end of the day, man, we're just big kids, you know, we're, we're just these big kids playing in this big adult world. And we're still, we're still children at play, but how often as adults do we tap into that part of ourselves and remember kind of where we came from. Right. And, and I think what's so beautiful is that I can personally feel my life more relaxed. And even though, I'm in a moment in my life where I need to get more done at a faster rate, or, or in other words, I could be more stressed and I could be more, I mean, I feel more relaxed. And, and I, I think the majority of that goes back to, yeah, just going and, and, and remembering, Rem remembering many things, remembering what I didn't get, maybe what I got too much of. And I know, I mean, everyone in my life did the best they could. I mean, that's, and that's all I can ask for. Um, so it's, it's, it, it's nothing against anybody. It, I mean, but, but realizing that now I can give my inner child everything that he needed, that he didn't get, or maybe they got too much of and, 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 and kind of help him understand that also has, yeah, I feel more relaxed. It's it's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful feeling. 
It's it's interesting. I, I I can't remember exactly who it was on on our last podcast, but you said that there was someone in your life. Um, I think it was your grand grandpa, or maybe your grandma, who was very influential in getting you into the garden. And um, is this is this the same one or? Yep. I mean, well, my parents were, but my my yeah, my grandpa. He one of the things he taught me was, and the one that just passed away. One of the things that taught me was was to never stop learning. And the I remember very vividly a time when I was about six years ago. I was like, Grandpa, I mean, you've been gardening your whole life. You've got so much knowledge about this. Why don't you write it down? And I was doing it kind of selfishly because I wanted the knowledge. I wanted him to write it so I could have it. And you should write this and, and, and give it to people and sell it. You have so much knowledge. He's like, Ben, why in the world would I do that? I learned something new every year in the garden and it was just, yep. Every, he was constantly learning in the last couple of years in his life when he couldn't garden, he was always, he was always reading books and always trying to learn as much as he could. And he kind of, in the last couple of years of his life, he kind of focused on the scriptures and he would just, he would read, he would read the scriptures all the time and really focused on, uh, on, on, on what is the scriptures and, and, and Jesus Christ and his life. And, and, but he never stopped learning. And so that was, that was one of those great lessons that my grandpa passed on to me and I'm so grateful for is, is life is a journey of constant learning. Hmm. That's beautiful. And yeah, it's just our hearts go out to you just for the loss and, and uh, you know, and also just, it's so great to be able to, you know, be with your, you here in this moment of sharing and, and getting to reflect on those gifts that your, that your grandpa gave you, you know, and that's really you know, that's, that's what we're here to do is really pass on the, that influence and that love and the interest onto those that come after us. And, and it's just this, you know, this continuum that we just are, are, you know, forever connected to. And, and then, you know, and there's a, obviously that there's our relationship to our lineage, but also back to mother nature and, and just connecting to, to, you know, the plant world, but also connecting to our, the humans that are that influence us in such a powerful and positive way so it's it's interesting as we're having this discussion like there's so many like you know crossover when we're talking about seasons and then you know, here's another season of life you know and things change and move on and grow and adapt and um you know I, i'm always blown away with the conversations that come up because you just really never truly know which way they're going but i mean it's just fascinating just uh you know the sharing that's going on so you know, in, in all this discussion, you know, that we're having here, you know, and clearly, you know, you asked your grandpa, why, why didn't you, you know, leave a legacy here and, and, and write down some of your thoughts, but you, I mean, you did that, you created a book. So tell us a little bit more about your book, Playing in the Dirt, and, and what people can expect through gaining some of the wisdom through going through that. I called it Playing in the Dirt because like we were talking about before, I mean, Adults, we don't play enough. <laughs> Everything's too serious. So as a little, and so I called it playing there for that reason. We're too, including me. I mean, I think I wrote or I wrote that title more for me than anything. I'm, I'm just too serious. I need to, I need to, I need to just enjoy. I need to enjoy life a lot more. But in that book, it's it's I use life experiences and I explain in eight very distinct ways through my personal life how how the garden and how nature. Again, I returned as the garden just being being an edge of nature, how it helps us heal spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And and they'll and they'll hear and it'll they'll hear personal experiences and how it helped me and how it helped me. The book all started because it was more of the emotional. I mean, I started to realize what it did for me emotionally and I studied to study it and I studied and I got into the point, I got to a point where it's like, wow, this is incredible. Nature is beautiful. And all it does is want to help us. But a lot of times we don't allow it to, because we're too busy in these modern lives of ours, where all she does is what she wants to help us heal, but we're not let, letting her. So through personal experiences, I write about how she's healed me. Um, well, how she's helping me heal because it's a journey um it's a never-ending journey and i love it i love this journey i mean that's what health is health is is a never-ending journey we don't reach health we we live it we live it every day we turn it into lifestyles and we turn it into who we are and and the garden kind of helped me get out of that uh pit <laughs> i guess we could say that that was deep and it helped me take the first couple of steps to really bring come back to who I was and and you're gonna you're gonna hear those stories 
Um, and I love telling them because we learn through stories. I mean, as as humans, that's that's how we learn. We learn through stories. Of course, I have I have some I have some science based facts in the book and all that good stuff. But what's so important is is learning through stories, and that's I could see in my life too. Is what I remember most is when people told me their stories, and that's where I learned the most. So hopefully, I can help people become just a little bit better by by sharing some of my personal experiences of how nature has helped me become who I am today. Beautiful. Good, David. Well, it's just so needed. You know, I was, before we got on the podcast today, I was having these nostalgic moments because I was checking your stuff out, Doc, and, you know, thinking about the garden. And I grew up in a house where my mom was out in the backyard gardening, like, all day, every day, all weekend, like, that was just her deal, right? Like she was, and I, I, I always tell my wife because I said growing up, you know, I'd step into my backyard and it was like this, like, I mean, we didn't live on a farm, but she had like probably six to eight different planters with flowers and we had peach trees. I mean, and it was immaculate in the backyard all the time. And I, and I just had this nostalgic moment to remember like, pulling weeds with my mom or helping her dig and having my hands in the dirt and being barefoot in the backyard all, all afternoon, you know, and just being out in nature all the time. And then I thought, okay, so as I've gotten older, I'm not doing this as much in that, in that particular manner, but you look at the, the masses right now. And like you're saying, there's this massive disconnect from nature. And if you're not somebody who's doing these things on the regular, when are, when are people connecting with nature anymore? I mean, it's such a time, let's just say like like gardening, for example, what an amazing way, like you're saying, to, from a psychological mental health place, find some stillness and peace in your day. I mean, I, I, I could see myself just from things like, I, I love to cook, right? So my thing is like, when I get home, the way I wind down is I do all my prepping to cook dinner. And that actually helps me get into that like calm, relaxed state. And then I wind down for my day and I'm good to go. But there's a lot of power in gardening for this, right? I mean, there's a lot of mindfulness practice in here and being with your own thoughts and in your own space. And like how many people are taking the time to do a practice like that? And what a great way to do it. Yeah. I love how you talked about cooking because that's, that's a very important part. That's a very important part of the garden. I mean, so we got all this produce. What are we going to do? That's one of my favorite things to do. Also, I love taking the produce the, from the garden and cooking it and sharing it with my family and my friends. Oh, it's it's got to be one of the be- most beautiful things in the world is to be able to share what you grow with your family and your friends. It's also very therapeutic to me too. But yeah, the garden has, like I like you read in the book, it's it was it's it was. It was the fifth it was at the beginning it was those 15 minutes of being in the present moment realizing wow this actually does feel good i mean there's moments in my life where i was pretty much constantly thinking about i mean you'll understand too in chiropractic college the the national exam the national board examinations and then having three or four tests weekly through the last six to eight weeks of class i mean i mean it so i was and then, I, and for some reason, I, I that debt load like really weighed weighed on my shoulders. I mean, I'm just one of those people that I, I hated debt with a passion. So that that debt load really weighed on my shoulders quite a bit. And I was, and so I'd be, I'd either be thinking about that and that debt load and my in the anxieties of the future, or I was thinking of the past and I couldn't forget certain moments that weren't the best moments of my life. And man, it was insane how just 15 minutes of watering a couple of tomato plants. And a couple pepper plants basically brought me out of that, that terrible situation I was in. Fifteen minutes, as it fifteen minutes. Of course, it's it's evolved since then. I mean, it's evolved since then. And now, every season, every season of the year, I have a garden. I have a winter, spring, summer, and autumn garden. So it's all the time now. Well, because I I can I can here, so I, I garden year round here. But it all started with fifteen minutes. That's it. Fifteen minutes and feeling what it felt like to be in the present moment again. Because I had forgotten. I had forgotten what that felt like. And, and and it was the garden that did it. And and I loved how you talked about the cooking part too. I remember taking these tomatoes. I didn't cook them, but I remember because there was only a couple. I didn't get a lot of them because there was there was just a couple plants at all. But I remember 
cutting each tomato, enjoying the process, salting the tomatoes, and enjoying that. Well, those with my wife and my kid. At that time, I had one, one little boy. But I, those were moments that are just beautiful. So it wasn't just being in the garden and working with nature. It was the, it was the process of eating those two, preparing the food, which was simple at that time, but preparing it and enjoying it with my family. Moments that, that heal, that truly heal. Well, and I'm thinking as you're talking, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate and I talk about energy all the time. And when it comes to our food, right? And then even when we cook our food, the way that that, that result comes from farm to table, whatever you want to call it, and even the energy behind the person cooking that food plays a massive role in how that food tastes, right? And how it goes down. And I bet there's been quite an evolution for you from like when you first started growing stuff to now, and then even all the way to when we cook and then you share it with your family. I mean, how rewarding to, to watch that whole process, be a part of it. But then I can imagine the food tastes just amazing. Not only is it probably super nu- you know, nutritious because of your growing it at home and stuff, but even outside of that, the energy just put behind that food. I mean, the payoff's got to be amazing. Because, I mean, any- anybody who's eaten at a farm-to-table restaurant can tell you the taste of the food is like night and day compared to other places, but probably even more so when you're cooking, when you're, when you're growing on your own and when you're cooking this stuff on your own. And it's funny that you say that because yeah, whenever I cook something I grow to me, it's always excellent. Excellent. <laughs> it's funny the last time, cause we have a banana tree here too. It just, and, uh, and we eat the banana flour and I, uh, I was cooking, a. The banana flour curry. It was the first time I ever did it. And man, I loved it. I loved it so much. But ask everyone else that ate it and they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it because I cooked it. I, I put all that hard work into it. And I took and my son actually helped me take the flowers out. I mean, so it was a process and it was something that I was able to do with him too, which is less and less nowadays. He always wants to be with his buddies, but it, what a great moment to be with my son and doing something with him but i remember i made that and no one liked it besides me but and i imagine it wasn't that good but i loved it because i made it (laughs) that's That's amazing well it just you know goes to show just like the you know it's not just the finished product right it's this this whole being intentional with our the, the practice you know you mentioned before the the daily practice of connecting with your inner child i mean this is the practice of gardening the practice of cooking you know, we, we've definitely bought into the modern culture of, you know, results now. And, and we've lost touch with the gratitude of, uh, of really, you know, being with uh, the discomfort of not really knowing and, and discomfort of sort of going through the, the learning pains, you know, that of, of receiving that end product. And because yeah, you plant a garden, you're, you're not getting the fruits of your labor for months in some cases, you know, weeks. And uh, it's part of that patience, you know, sitting back and watching nature do its thing. And, and lo and behold, you know, something, you know, comes to fruition, which is beautiful. And it's, it's a beautiful metaphor for life. You know, know, we, we often want that, you know, whatever it is, that materialistic goal in life or, you know, the new career, you know, it could be anything. And just uh, healing, right? Just healing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing you talk healing. Yeah. And we just can't sit back and appreciate the journey. We're like, shit, why aren't we there yet? You know? this should have been done hours ago, you know? So, you know, I really appreciate the, you know, that's, that's a big lesson I'm getting from today is just this ability to sit in the moment and to sit in and and appreciate the patience that it takes in order for creation to happen. And and you can either be a, you know, a bystander uh, or you can be actually involved in the process. And, and so I love, I love the sharing that you're doing. So Ben, I I know you're, you're doing some, uh, you're doing some teaching, you're right. You're like, you're you obviously you got the podcast. Uh, you've got this amazing book, but you're also taking people through this, this book journey. And we shared a little bit about it last time, but I'd love for you to share it for David and, and anyone else that's, uh, that hasn't yet tuned into that podcast. Yeah. I wrote that book. Um, just as a beginning, I, I knew there was just way too much more to talk about. You can't. And, and, and as I always talk about health is a journey and it's not that you reach a destination. It's you continue daily 
changing habits and changing lifestyles or maintaining lifestyles or improving lifestyles, whatever needs to be done so you can reach optimum health in, in, in each individual. So I knew at the very beginning it wasn't, it wasn't just the book. It was now let's come together as a group of like-minded people that are looking to bring nature, the garden to the forefront of our journey to greater health and well-being, and let's do it together. That's one of the things I talk about in the book is community. Community is incredibly important. Um, having people around you, supporting you and helping you through this journey. So yeah, it, what we're doing, what I'm doing now is taking people and we're going through each chapter and going so much more deeper and we're, and we're putting it into action now. So you can read the book and you can line up, you kind of learn why. And then now we take it into the, how are we going to do it? And let's do it. And now, so we're, 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 we're working with people, a group of people that where we're, we're doing what needs to be done as a group. And it's, it's a wonderful experience. I love, I, I love uh, working with, with people that are trying to achieve something so beautiful as their potential. So it's, it's a beautiful experience. And I, I knew it was just the beginning going back to what you were talking about before and how the garden, how you grow. And, and I just planted uh, about like, I think I planted four watermelons and 10 honeydew melons the other day with my, with my two kids. I was so grateful. They helped me this time. Usually it's hard to get them out there to help me for some odd reason, but they actually came out and helped me. And I was like, well, the fun part's done now. Now we just have to have hope. So the garden teaches us hope. Now we're going to hope that some of these seeds will germinate and hope that once they germinate, they'll actually give us some fruit in the future. So yeah, the garden teaches us so much. Not, not only does it teach us to be patient, but it also teaches us to have hope in what the future will bring. Hope in our future self. Hope that our future self will know what we're going to need and he'll do it. And, we'll, and, and we don't have to worry about that because we know we hope that as we work and we become better people and better fathers and better husbands, that everything's going to work out because that's what we're working towards and, and be able to have that hope in the garden teaches us to have that hope. And then hopefully, hopefully I say that in a couple of weeks, we'll go out there and we'll see some, some small little seeds germinating. We'll say, look at that. Now we don't need any more hope. Now we need to work get to work and take care of these plants and make sure they have everything they need so they can grow and produce a fruit that will nurture, that will, that will nurture us and help us be healthy. So yeah, the garden, there's so many things you can learn from the garden and from nature. That's awesome, man. I was just thinking like, what, what else you got? Like, that's, that's amazing. There's patience. You're, you're learning hope. You're learning to, to do the hard work. And to be consistent and persistent, as you shared before, I mean, there's so many lessons that you shared today on, on, and, and, you know, that's, that's what we asked at the beginning, like, how do you, you know, bring together the two worlds of chiropractic care and, and, you know, natural healing into the, into the garden. And then there's all these, you know, teachings waiting to, to be received. I love it. And tell you the truth. I mean, in, in the, in the chiropractic practice, I mean, when I'm actually treating patients, um, yeah, I always bring everything back to nature, but it's it's always back to simplicity. That's what we talk about. We talk about simplifying health. Health's been too complicated. Simplify it. And then, of course, we use nature as the example. As she's very simple. I mean, I mean, she can be very harsh. I mean, we see hurricanes, we see tornadoes, we see we see some crazy things. Um, she can be very harsh, but she's also very loving and very beautiful. And 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 she keeps and she's the one that nurtures us so i have to realize that there's there's both sides to everything but it, it it's just simplifying simplifying your health to the point where i can do this this isn't this isn't that bad because people always are trying to give the responsibility to others because they think it's too difficult like i can't do this all by myself of course working in groups finding coaches and i mean finding people that will that will guide you is always a help but in its totality only you can heal you no one else can. It's only you. So they, they, have to, they have to understand that, well, you do have the capacity and the mental willpower and all that you need to do it. Uh, and, and if we can simplify it as much as we can, it makes it so much easier for a patient to start to, in, to, start to put, those, put those practices, turn them into lifestyles and, and actually get 
better. So that's, and that's what I try to do with my patients, try to help them understand health is very, very simple. We don't need to complicate it. Love it. I love that you keep it simple, man. And in all honesty, I'm always telling people sometimes it's more simple than you think. It doesn't need to be complicated. We've kind of overcomplicated things, I think, with some of the medicines that are used in this day and age. And I feel like, you know, the lessons we talked about today are really those like foundational things that people need to keep on, like they need to be aware of, of like you have the power to heal. And that healing starts with you. It doesn't start with somebody else. Nobody else is responsible for it. Yes, there are guides, like you're saying, and there are things and places and people that can bring more knowledge and information. But ultimately, you know, it's 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 just a journey and and we're all capable of doing this. It's just doing the right things, like you're saying, with all these like consistency and persistence and patience and you know, all these beautiful things. So great conversation today, guys. This was this was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So Ben, um, you know, just, just for the listeners, you know, we talked last time, you know, as a step, a stepping stone for them, they can obviously get the book and learn how to do step one, which is composting. Um, any, anything that you want to drop for people today, just as, you know, yeah, place to start or, you know, where they can access your, your information or you get into the community that you're teaching people how to, uh, to, to put things in action. I would. I mean, we're definitely in that giving season. So if you right now, if you if you want to purchase the book, if you actually buy it from my website, pastelsbetterthisform.com and, and use the coupon, the coupon code gift, you can get the book for ten dollars. So nice. it's it's cut in about 30, 40% off. And if yeah, if you want to talk to me personally, get to know me. I mean, usually I'm a, I'll get back to you on Instagram. That's the one social media I do use. I mean, I don't use any other social media. So if you want to get hold of me, uh, it's either email or, or Instagram at BenPageDC. So BenPageDC at gmail.com or, or, or get in touch with me on Instagram, BenPageDC. But yeah, pastorswetterthisforum.com is my website. And if you put in the coupon code GIFT, you'll get the book for, for a discounted price. That's awesome. And, and when, how often do you do the, the, the community like teachings as you go through each chapter? No, we're actually in the process of doing chapter one right now. So oh, okay. I cool. just, but people can jump in whenever they want because it, it's, it's, it's a process that never ends. So we always, we're always, I mean, it's, it's a process. So it, you, people can jump in whenever they want right now. We, we, we just got into, we're just getting into the, the first agreement of dr miguel Ruiz. so if they want to jump in and 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 take on uh um being impeccable with your words it's a great time to jump in and we can learn to be flawless with our words to ourselves and then all those that surround us and that's step one it's amazing awesome ben you're a legend so appreciate the conversation with you today buddy and uh all the vulnerability and the sharing and the stories i mean uh, it's like just sitting back and listening to an amazing book being told uh, right in front of you. So thank you so much for all your, your heart and your, your wisdom today. No, like I said, I love talking about this stuff. It gets me, it gets me excited. So whenever I have the opportunity, I'm all down. Awesome. Thank you, brother. It was a pleasure to, to hang out with you for a little bit. No, anytime, David. I loved it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to The Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.